The Healing the City podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you enjoy the Healing the City podcast and wish to support it financially, you can go to villagersonline.com, click the We Give tab, and follow the instructions. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Healing the City Podcast. My name is Eric Seepin, and I am sitting across the table, studio table room thingy from my beautiful wife. It is a Tuesday afternoon. I almost forgot what day it was. And we just finished up recording Christ's Eternal demo, uh, Mark's Advent song. You can actually hear it on SoundCloud if you wish. But today, um, we're going to talk about parenting part two. If you listened to Sue and my last podcast, uh, Sue kind of interviewed me about parenting and then peppered uh, the conversation with her own thoughts on things. So we thought we would reverse it and talk about uh, parenting with me interviewing her. Yes, and I had lots of thoughts after your interview, and I listened to that podcast and had lots of thoughts, but that was like three weeks ago. So so we're going to give this a shot. I'm not sure how many thoughts I have left in my head about this, but hopefully they'll emerge as they need to, and the Holy Spirit will do good things. And I will take my phone off the podcast desk thingy. All right, so uh, I think as a, a good interviewer, my first question would have to be, How long have you been a parent? Oh, yes. We need to get down to the nitty gritty. So, I have been a parent. (laughs) How long have you been a parent? I mean, does pregnancy count? Because I guess 20 years now. 20 years you've been a parent. Yeah. And we, as we said in the other podcast, have how many kids? We have two kids, a 19-year-old and a 15-year-old. All right. The 15-year-old is named Elliot and... Obviously, he's a boy, though there are lots of girl Elliots out there. There are, and Ashton also has a name that can go either way. Yes. She is our 19-year-old, and they are delightful. They are. so enjoy them. I really enjoy them. Uh, They are so goofy. Uh, Very funny. So anyway, I I thought, so let's talk about uh, your experience early on as a parent. Mm -hmm. Were you... uh, like, were you nervous or afraid as you, or what, what was kind of your thought going into your first kid, being a mom, that kind of thing? I was horrified. I just thought the idea of bringing another human into the world was a terrible idea. And how could this possibly go well? There's just too much awful stuff in the world to choose to bring a child into it. That's so, what I thought. Wow. So you start out, you started as a parent a little anxious, a little afraid, a little concerned. I was so anxious. Yes. And so, so Ashton pops out into the world and kind of in her first few years, like what did you learn about yourself? What did you begin to kind of process as a parent? So I think, I think I mentioned this last time, actually, that, um, I realized that I had to make choices to stay attached to my child. Um, There were times that Ashton particularly was, uh, she was super decisive. She knew what she wanted all the time. I didn't always feel like she liked me. And 
even in just like normal daily interactions, uh, she was about what she was about. And so um, I realized pretty early on that I was going to have to choose to stay attached to her and and like want to be around her and not take her personally um, in order to uh, in order for us to make it through with a relationship because it was my responsibility to stay attached to her. And, um, and so I, you know, made choices along the way to consistently reorient towards her step into, you know, in enjoying her in whatever ways worked for the two of us, uh, to try and step into play with her more frequently. Um, and, to not to kind of work through stuff along the way so that I wasn't taking things personally and heading off in some other direction than relationship with her. So if you were, uh, if somebody came to you and said, you know, they're, they're going to be a new mom and, and they really want your help and advice. What are some of the things that you would, as you look back at your kind of first time being, Mm -hmm. you know, the first kid, like what, what would you offer them? What would you what are some of the keys you think to raising a child in their first few years of life? Well, I think for me, when I look back, I think about what am I really glad that I did and what are some things that I regret? And one of the things I regret is that I didn't, at the time, know how to settle myself down. And I was very preoccupied. And so I you know, had this fear of things not going well for my kids and wanting to have everything, you know, be the best it could be for them as far as I was concerned. But I also was just really preoccupied with other things like, how am I going to get the laundry done? How am I going to get dinner made? What do people want from me? I need to schedule these things that people want scheduled. I need to spend time with friends. I'm doing, you know, I have all these agenda items in my head all the time. And um, it made it really hard to just be present. And I wish that I had had more capacity to process through that stuff and become present in the moment. And I feel like I've gained more of those tools just in the past five years, really, of stuff we've talked about on this podcast before of different forms of writing that have helped me become more present, become kind of either aware of my emotional state or able to let go of things that I was, that were battling or batting around in my head. Um, But also, you know, just spending time becoming more mindful, more present in the moment, meditating in a mindfulness kind of format or meditating on scripture, contemplative prayer, those kinds of things have helped me only recently kind of get control of my nervous system. And I, that's something that I would recommend if you are parenting a young child and you are feeling that way, that it's worth the 20 minutes a day that to carve out space to tend to your emotional self. So what are some of the things that you're glad about? Like, as you said, there are things that you were maybe sad that you didn't step in in certain ways, but like, what are some of the things that you're like, wow, yeah, I did that well. That was a really good part of. Okay. Well, I'll start with something I did medium well. Medium uh, well. Yeah. That's how I like my steak. <laughs> Great. Well, then maybe it was really well done. Yeah. <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
is I realized early on that I was really bad at playing, partly because I was bad at being present in the moment. Um, so it was easier for me to be playful around adults than it was my own kids. And so I would just set aside time that, you know, even if it was just 15 minutes a day to really get in there and play. And I didn't do it consistently or all the time or well, but I remember talking with friends, my closer friends about it and saying, yeah, this is challenging for me. And I'm trying to at least get my 15 minutes in there on the floor, in the tea party, whatever it is. So, and sometimes I actually had to play, you know, find something to play that I could bear to play because there were things that my kids wanted to play that I was just like, I just can't even do that for 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, so, um, so medium well you played. Yeah. And you, you made a discipline of it. What are some of the things yes. that you think that you did well? Okay. So things that I'm grateful for, um, I think somewhere along the way, I realized that that one of the things that matters most in parenting is that you enjoy this person and you want to have a, you want to have a relationship with your child that you're going to enjoy them as best you can now and lean into creating a relationship that you'll be able to enjoy and even creating a person in as much as you're able that you will enjoy being around for the rest of your life. And so uh, sometimes it was just having that mindset of I'm going to enjoy my kids and this is the kid that I'm enjoying. And sometimes it was just, you know, I'm going to wander into their room for 10 minutes and it's something I still do and find out what they're thinking about and watch what they're doing and just enjoy. Wow. I would never think about this thing, but my kid is all about it right now. And that's so cool. Um, but in terms of enjoyment, I also think that there is something about parenting that training our kids is partly so we can enjoy them. And so if so for me, one of my pet peeves was whining. I just couldn't bear to be around children who were whining or manipulative when they were asking for something. And so I was very persistent in training my kids in, you know, asking directly for things, not having a whiny tone of voice. And it wasn't always with consequences. Sometimes it would just be like, oh, that sounded really whiny. Let's try that one more time. Let's start over. And so having them practice saying things in, in ways that weren't whiny, um, asking for things directly. If some, they did something wrong, having them apologize directly uh, and always having them say thank you. And they still do. They still say, hey, mom, thank you for doing this thing. Or they would often say, thank you for lunch or, you know, and so then they really, that was where we practiced it was at mealtimes and we would finish the meal or be in the midst of the meal and they hadn't said thank you. And I would say, you know, sometimes I would tell them directly. It wasn't a long conversation. Often it was just a, uh, me saying, thanks, mom. And they would say, oh yeah, thanks, mom. And so just kind of modeling that in that space. And, um, and so th they, they have these qualities, some of which are just their own, like you are your person and I enjoy you qualities. And some of them are things I intentionally trained them in that I wanted to be around. Like I want to be around kids who are grateful and kids who ask for things directly. And, and some of the fruit of that has been not just in relationship with me, but 
they're very assertive as well. Like they'll go in stores, have been going in stores for 10 years now and finding uh, a cashier when they can't find something and they're more assertive than I am. They'll ask directly for what they need. So that's a piece of it. And then I think also that training our kids is for the benefit of other people to enjoy them. And that if we train kids who are kind and respectful and listen to the authorities who are around, that other adults have the opportunity to enjoy them and to reflect enjoyment to them. And the kids know that they've been enjoyed. And some of that just comes from being somebody that people want to be around. Then some of that is a result of parenting. So what are some of the challenges that you faced in training kids your two kids to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think parenting is ridiculously exposing. And it doesn't matter if you've done it, if you've been really consistent or you have all these things, your ducks in a row or not, your kids are going to do the opposite of what you want them to do around other people all the time. And so I think some of it has been uh, being in a community has been really helpful because in our community, people communicate clearly. A lot of times adults around us will tell us, hey, this happened with your kid today with me. Uh, I told them to do this and they didn't or they said no or this weird thing happened. You know, there would be moments where friends would come to me with examples of things that had happened with my kids. And then I would figure out how I wanted to address it. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of exposure of, you know, I have this ideal of how I want to parent and um, it's going to always be undermined <laughs> in that way. I'm trying to think of other challenges. Can you ask a different question? To help me? No, I, I don't think I need to. I think that was really clear. I think some of the challenges is that children are going to go their own way, and they tend to do that publicly. Yeah. And so some of it is being willing to step into those places where it might be embarrassing and, mm-hmm. and continue the parenting process. Yes. And realize that this is what parenting is about. It's not about you. It's about them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's... I think one of the things that was hard for me also and still is difficult um, is that I forget what I'm doing or I get distracted. And I think consistency is one of the most important things in training kids is you pick something and you follow through. Like you pick something, you tell them what it is, you follow through. And so for me, uh, that would be... I would decide something that was important to me that needed to shift. I would tell my kid uh, what was expected, what the consequence is, if it doesn't happen. And then usually there would be one time where it didn't work out right. And I would say, okay, this is your final warning. This is what I expect. This is what is going to happen if you don't do it. And then after that, you have to follow through because otherwise they've called your bluff. And so sometimes uh, just being distracted and not noticing or thinking about other things or being busy with something and not wanting to stop and follow through with a consequence um, 
or just forgetting that I had set all that up. You know, usually you remember the first couple of times, but then it gets in the mix with all the other things that you're trying to do and, um, and it's easy to forget. So, or you would set up something and I wouldn't totally be tracking it. And then, then we're only halfway being consistent. So I think that's been challenging. So how would you, uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about what it looks like to engage your kids about Jesus and how that process, like what are some of the things that you have been really surprised by? And, and just because you grew up in a Christian family and mm-hmm. your kids experience is much different than the one that, that you had, I suspect in many ways. And so I don't know what, what are some of the things that have been helpful? Cause well now I, you know, I listen to our kids talk to you and they love talking to you and they talk about God and they talk about everything mm-hmm. and they want to tell you everything. Um, so that 15 minutes of play seemed to work out pretty well for you. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on just relationship with Jesus and relationship with your kids? I think going back to enjoyment, that that is something that's become more important the older they've gotten as we've become, you know, when they're little, there's a lot of logistics that you're working through and a lot of, it's okay if you do this, but not this. And if you're going to do this, you need to do it this way. And uh, those things start spacing out farther apart as they get older. And there's more room to just enjoy, like intentionally be around them and enjoy who they are and ask them questions and find out what they're thinking about. So I think that's a piece of it. I think I've always been a little bit, felt like I needed to be really careful with our kids because they're pastor's kids. And I've had enough interactions with people who grew up in ministry homes or uh, church leadership homes where there were different difficult pieces, either shame pieces related to being exposed to a lot of people, uh, feeling seen by a lot of people, or... um, being neglected in some way for the ministry. And so I've uh, been really careful to try and shore those pieces up. I feel like living in a community house has helped with that and living in a really relational church community has helped a lot. Um, But I think that had an impact on how I wanted to interact with them about Jesus And so some of it has been bringing them along into ministry with us, uh, where, you know, ministry isn't, I do this thing and you do this other thing. It's, hey, we're doing, we are church together. And so you guys come with us for this thing and we're going to do it together. Like when we were volunteering to clean the church, our whole family would clean the church together. And we figured out what jobs everybody could do and we would knock it out in two hours or whatever. So some of the service... One hour, by the way. Oh, yeah. Even better. One hour and then go out to lunch, yes. right? So uh, some of it has been trying to do those things alongside. Um, and also just kind of realizing that my kids think really differently than I do. Like when I was discipled in high school, it was super structured and I just hashed it out on my own and I was happy to do it that way. Um, they don't really want to do it that way. 
And you have also been found it really important to have relationship with Jesus relationally um, seated. So not just, hey, you guys, this is your responsibility. You need to go do this, and then we'll talk about it later. But what does it look like to come alongside them and do it together? And so lately, that has looked like um, Ashton and I have a book that we're reading that is spiritually related, and but not the Bible itself. But then we're also reading some scripture together on a re- regular basis. Not together, but she has she reads the same chapters I'm reading that week, and then we get together and talk about all that stuff. And Elliot and I are doing the same thing. And so um, so I feel like that's kind of fallen into place very recently. A lot of it early on was they just asked crazy theological questions from three years old, and I would just rack my brains to come up with the shortest, most honest answer I could come up with. <laughs> it was very challenging. <laughs> Because they don't have a very attention long attention span, but they ask big questions. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh goodness. Yeah. Gosh, I just feel like I'm blabbing and blabbing. That well, was a very long train of thought. Well, we'd have to process the, your feelings, but that's a different. Okay, yeah, different we can time. do that during the hot seat <laughs> conversation sometime. Yeah. Well, that was that was really good. I, I think, you know, one of the questions you asked me was, "What do you do?" When teenagers are difficult, mm-hmm. how do you enter into relationship with people who kids who don't want to have a relationship with you? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think some of that still goes back to being around them. And I think it's important to find a way to say with your actions, you matter to me, even if you don't want to be around me even if we have nothing in common right now. And so even if it's, I'm just going to come sit in your room for 15 minutes and be present, or um, I'm going to find out what you're interested in and learn about it, and we can talk about it at dinner, um, that there has to be some like push, moving forward and leaning into relationship with them in those seasons. I have a an interesting question that just hit me. Like, how could you talk a little bit about how you understand parenting in the context of like your relationship with Jesus? Like, um, in the sense that I feel like what you've been saying is that there is so much brokenness in you, and there's so mm-hmm. much brokenness in them. Yes, and you're trying to raise a child in the way of God, and so how has that impacted the way you relate to God, and and what has what has Jesus sort of been what has he massaged into your life over twenty years in in caring for two kids? Yeah, um, well, I think that. That just brought like five different thoughts to mind. So, so put them me, all out there. Let me Every, see if I can find them all. People want to hear all five thoughts. Um, I, one of them is is that as my kids have grown older, I've had felt like I had more space to be vulnerable with them. And I'm going through stuff. I'm working through my own spiritual journey. And especially as I get together with them individually now on a weekly basis, 
there's some space to say, hey, this is what I've been thinking through. And sometimes it's just the the vulnerability of, you know, I'm just really bad at this thing and it's what God's inviting me into. And so they've developed a freedom to talk to me about that. There's still boundaries about like the way they talk to me about it and how often and when, you know, but they'll still nudge me on things. They'll say, oh, this is the thing you're working on, isn't it, mom? God is calling you into this right here. And I'll be like, oh, thanks. You know, but that gives them a voice into my life. Sure. And it creates intimacy. Yeah. And um, so that's one of the pieces. Um, I think one of the things that came to mind bouncing back to the first question you asked or an earlier question you asked about things that were surprising to me in their spiritual lives is that I would practice things with them together, the two of them, uh, when I didn't know what to do spiritually to nurture them. And so uh, we would sometimes when you were at pilgrim group or we left from church before you did a lot of times when they were little to get them tucked into bed in the evening, um, we would go home and practice Trinitarian prayer and be like, hey, there's this thing. It's called Trinitarian prayer. We're going to try it. And we would do really short, you know, like three minutes praying to the Father, three minutes praying to the Son, and we would do it out loud. And then we would stop and listen to the Holy Spirit and write down what we were hearing. And I was surprised by what they would hear from the Holy Spirit. It was really exciting. Hmm. So some of it has been taking what we're doing at the church, condensing it a little bit for kid brains and kid time frames, and practicing it together. And cool stuff happens. But going back to the question you just asked me about what Jesus is, uh, is doing, one of the ideas that came to mind is that... Nobody's qualified to parent, and we are called all the time to do things that we're not qualified for, and so we need the Holy Spirit so that we can do it. And the Holy Spirit is the one who equips us and trains us and tells us we're qualified and gives us permission to do this task. And so I, I believe that we're not qualified. And in a worldly sense, in a fleshly sense, we shouldn't be doing this at all. But by the Holy Spirit, we are absolutely qualified and equipped, and we need to listen to the Holy Spirit and be present to our community, be learning and growing and go for it because God will show up and he'll do it. And I think one of the other pieces of that is that God is actually the parent of our kids. They don't belong to us. They belong to God. And so who we are as broken people in their lives is part of their story. We want to be growing and and confessing our sins and changing, and we want them to see that that can happen so that they'll have a soft-hearted experience of trusting authority and knowing that you can walk into a relationship and step into parenting when they become parents and not be perfect, and they can take hold of it themselves. But I think also that um, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, that 
since God is our kid's parent, he knows what they need, and we don't know what they need. And I think one of the difficult things of living in our culture is that we think we need to give our kid every possible opportunity. And there's a lot of pressure to do that. Like, this kid needs to be good at soccer, and they need to play the piano, and they need to do all of these events to be okay, and they need to be able to go to the tea party and, you know, do the hundred things. And they don't. They need to be prepared and equipped for what God has for them in the future, and we don't know what that is. And so we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit, watching their interests develop, trying things out, and moving in specific directions, because God is the one who equips our kids for what we don't know he's preparing them for. And I really believe that God does that because he is our kid's parent. Thank you, Sue. That was really beautiful, and I think helpful even to me as I listen to you, even though I've been on this journey with you, and it, it was definitely it was making me think about mm-hmm. things. So you've been listening to Healing the City with myself, Eric Seepin, and Sue Seepin, and uh, we hope that you enjoy our conversation about parenting and that it's helpful in some way. And if you have any questions, Sue and I are open to talking about it, or if you have thoughts, or if you have things that you want us to talk about, then talk to us, or email us at healingthecity at gmail.com. You've been listening to Healing the City Podcast with Susan Seepman and Eric Seepman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.